We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Text is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, reading from verse 46. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collectors doing that. And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Amen. We've all been shocked by what happened in Paris on Friday evening. Not because it's something completely new, because equal atrocious events have happened <coughs> elsewhere in the world. Earlier this year, there was a terrible situation in a university in northern Kenya, when terrorists came down from Somalia and shot students, singling them out one by one, allowing those who were Muslim to live and those who were Christian to die. And we cannot understand. We understand political terrorists. We understand why they would target military and police and politicians as they seek to facilitate a political agenda. But we cannot comprehend why anyone would want to become a suicide bomber or want to murder innocent men and women on a night out. In time. It's incomprehensible. Yet religious terrorism isn't new. If you actually sit down and read the book of Joshua, you learn how when the Hebrews, the children of Israel, entered into the promised land, they practiced ethnic cleansing and indeed. They, when they captured cities, they destroyed everyone, man, woman, and children, until no one was left alive. Joshua 11, 11. And we're told all this was done in accordance with the will of God. If you come into the New Testament, you have the zealots. And the zealots had created a climate of fear in Israel. As they violently attacked not only the Roman occupiers, they also attacked any Jew who they considered to be a collaborator. In India, from the 13th to the 19th century, worshippers of the Hindu goddess Kali better known as Kali the Destroyer, had a sect known as the Thuggies, from which our work <coughs> comes from. And they would strangle them raw, mutilate them, bury their victims, usually travelers, and the offerings were then made to the goddess Kali. By the 19th century, it is believed that around 20,000 people a year, mostly travelers, were murdered in India by the Thuggies. 
20th century Europe. You have the IRA, Baden Meinhof, the Red Brigade, Action the Reds, and in Colombia, the Arab Farc. The difficulty we have today with Islamic, with Islamic extremism is that it's a fusion of religious and political terrorism. In that what is done is done supposedly because God wills it, in order to create a pure, idealized caliphate where only true believers dwell. And yet, it's an impossible dream because the Muslims are as diverse as Christians in the many different denominations or sects. As my old professor once wisely said, orthodoxy is my doxy, heterodoxy is yours. Because who decides what is pure? Who decides who should be in and who should be out? Who is fit to exist and who isn't? Simon the Zealot must have a sacred terror because he became a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus led a movement of peace, of reconciliation. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was arrested, it wasn't Simon the Zealot who drew a sword, but Peter. It's therefore a great pity that we are told in the Gospel record, why Simon changed his mind. What caused him to go from violence to peace? Because he desperately needs all the understanding we can get in our contemporary struggle against Islamic fundamentalism. Now, let me go and say, it's very difficult to understand the mindset of the fundamentalist. And we may not even want to try. But those who are seeking to protect us must attempt to understand. And so perhaps we should also seek to understand in order to be more compassionate more sensitive. And one place we can perhaps begin is with a novel written by Joseph Conrad called The Secret Agent, A Simple Tale. Of course, with all of Conrad's works, it is not as simple as he would have us believe. It was first published in 1907. And in this novel, Conrad introduces a character he described and calls the professor. And the story is set in London around 1886 against the backdrop of the anarchist terrorist movement in Paris and in London, which flourished towards the end of the 20th and end of the 19th century. And as the plot unfolds, Conrad describes how the professor becomes increasingly frustrated, secreted, and obsessive 
when he realizes his revolutionary dreams are never going to be realized. So he cuts himself off from others, apart from the inner circle of chosen disciples. And he begins to regard everyone else with total and utter contempt. As everyone, apart from he and the chosen, are wedded to life, whereas they are wedded to death. And because they are wedded to death, they begin to regard themselves as special, as superior, as indestructible. That picture, in a sense, is familiar to what we are seeing today. It chimes, it resonates with the whole issue. Because extremism is a downward spiral in which goals, normal goals, are brought gradually on cycle. And all the civilized restraints that bind society together law, family, community, empathy with fellow human beings, compassion for those who are weak, who are vulnerable, who make mistakes, are drowning in a swelling frustration, born out of the absolute certainty that our worldview will make everything right. We will create utopia, paradise on earth. It's as if all this vision, all this rage, gradually drives out of the soul any of the ideals that were once motivations. And into this spiritual void comes evil. As those who reject you, as those who oppose you, those who are different from you, are created into a subspecies to be eliminated, expunged. The fight with that even Paris, those who were shot and those who were murdered were of all fates and of none. Families are mourn and grief for sons and daughters, fathers and mothers, murdered by individuals who somehow think that God sanctions evil, and that as self-proclaimed martyrs, they will wake up dead in paradise. I don't believe they will, because this cult of death they have embraced, despise nature, radically opposed to any rational belief in God. For it only exploits, but not only exploits people, it exploits God himself. For it makes, it ends up making God into an idol. And the thing about idols is this, you make an idol, However you want, into any form or shape you want, because it's reflection of <coughs> your heart and your will and your mind. And that's why people are indoctrinated 
in the name of God of love, a God who made this world and who loves us. We are indoctrinated into hating others. We are encouraged to practice brutality in the name of a God of compassion and the indiscriminately murder the innocent in the name of the God of life. And God truly must weep. For as Jesus says, by this fruit, by that fruit, you will know them. The problem we have today is the Svengalis who orchestrate this attack and who condition these poor souls are seeking to intimidate us. They're seeking to destroy Western society and all that it represents, for they believe it to be corrupt and evil. And they hope that by terrorizing us, for the object of terrorism is to terrorize, that we will badger our politicians into doing what is easy. That is, continue to allow genocide in the Middle East, to continue to allow the ethnic cleansing of the Middle East, to continue to allow the slavery that Islamic State practices, and the abuse and the rapes which are part and parcel of life in, Islam, in, Islam, in, in the Islamic State. And so allow them to prosper. Whereas what we now need to do is to encourage the creation of nations and of societies where people of faith and people of no faith can live in liberty without fear of persecution or discrimination. And though we may be concerned something similar might happen here in London, we must never use our fear as an excuse to blame the innocent or to discriminate against or to victimize others because they happen to be Muslims. If we do, we are no better than terrorists. We rightly condemn it. Indeed, we are doing the very thing that those who terrorize us want. Because the overwhelming majority of Muslims are decent, caring, hardworking, peaceful men and women. They are just like us, and they want pretty much what we also want to provide for the children and to make a life for themselves where they can live in freedom. Our prayers and thoughts today must be with the families of those who have been killed and who have been injured. But above all, we must do all we can to build bridges across cultural divides and affirm our solidarity in this multicultural society which we live with our friends, with our neighbors, whoever they may be, and ensure that everyone continues to have equal rights and opportunities. For there are 
many in the society who would like to use what has happened as an excuse to lash out. That cannot be allowed. You cannot indiscriminately <coughs> carpet bomb Raqqa and kill innocent men, women, and children. You must proceed with caution and act out of love to reconcile, to heal and to build, not the world of terrorist people, but a world where all have a place and all are equal in the sight of the law and of God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you turned our hearts and hatred of the cross into a sign of hope and of healing. Today we pray for the people of France, the people of Europe, that voices will speak for calm, even as hands reach out to comfort the wounded and the bereaved. May the communities learn to come together through this tragedy, through this sorrow, and find new ways to live side by side in the step.